Hi, I'm Sarah Kuhn. Welcome to the Juno Women Podcast, where I sit down with mamas to talk about their health, their work, their parenting, and all the different ways that they're keeping it together. Juna is a fitness and nutrition app created to help guide you through your pregnancy and motherhood journey. Everything we do is to empower and support you through one of the most incredible and challenging times of your life. Today, I'm talking to Nina Spears, the co-founder and CEO of Baby Chick. Nina is a professional baby planner, birth and postpartum doula, as well as childbirth and newborn care educator and an infant massage instructor. To say Nina is a wealth of knowledge for all things pregnancy and postpartum would be an understatement. In our conversation today, we talk about all things doula, what they do, why you want one, and the difference between a birth and postpartum doula. Nina also provides us with some of the must-have baby product recommendations and gives us some incredible newborn baby care tips. This episode is absolutely filled with some of the best tips for any new mom, so I hope you enjoy. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'm really excited to have you on. I feel like your expertise is going to be very uh, important for our audience. So why don't you start by um, introducing yourself and telling us a little about you and your family? I appreciate it. Thank you, Sarah. Yes, I am Nina Spears. I am a baby planner, a birth doula, postpartum doula, childbirth educator, newborn care educator, infant massage instructor, (laughs) and I have been helping families for the past almost nine years uh, doing all of those services, and I've helped over 500 families, have attended over 260 births, and with all of that experience and seeing what women go through and the lack of support that women receive during pregnancy, birth, and postpartum, I just wanted to be able to help more. And that is why I started Baby Chick, which is our digital media site to provide information for moms during those times of their lives. So yes, and I had been doing it, like I said, nine years, but I have only been married since 2015. (laughs) So only four (laughs) years. And I've only been a mother for two years now. So people are always shocked that I've been doing this even before, well before I was a mom. But I've just always had an interest in helping others and serving others. And when I recognized and saw women not having that support. I actually, how it all started is I was working in sales in, you know, corporate America and my sales partner didn't have any, well, she, I I was actually just more fascinated with what she was doing. She was, you know, preparing for uh, the baby shower and her baby registry. And I was actually in the room when her doctor and her husband were on speaker and they announced you're having a boy. And I was just fascinated by it all. And I decided to quit my job and work at a baby boutique and see, you know, what this whole baby thing is about. And I just fell in love with it. I fell in love with the whole, you know, stage of pregnancy and postpartum. And then I, that's how I became a baby planner. And a baby planner is someone who helps a family prepare and plan for, for their baby. So just like you would potentially hire a wedding planner, help you 
plan everything perfectly for your big day, we are helping you plan for your big day of becoming parents. So yeah, and make that smooth. So rather than like, okay, what car seat should I get? What stroller should I get? And taking days of doing that research, yeah. we've done the research for you. We, we just need to know like your lifestyle and your budget and really understand what your needs are. So then that way we can help, you know, help you narrow down what we think would be best for you. And then you ultimately decide what is best for your family. So but I could go on and on. So I hope that gives you a little bit of an idea of who I am. (laughs) Yes. No, it does. I find that so fascinating that you got into this business prior to, you know, like even kind of having family as a glimmer in your eye. Exactly. I love that. It's uh, it's 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 like the opposite of me. Like I, I had... <laughs> but that's the opposite of most people. I t- right. I find that a lot of people tend to get into this line of work after they have a baby, and it's and see the they need. Have, yeah, exactly. See the need, or they had like the best experience ever, and they want all women to have that, or they had the worst experience ever, and they want to help women avoid yes. that. But no, I just I totally. I, so I come from a line of people who help uh, one another. Uh, my dad is a is a surgeon, and my mom is an ER nurse. And I was like, oh, I never want to get into the med- medical field. <laughs> but um, but working in sales just wasn't you know working yeah. for me. I just I didn't feel like I was bettering the world or doing something with my life. I don't know. I mean, if that works for other people, that's great, but it just wasn't for me. And, um, and for, I've always been like, women are amazing. And I just always, I don't know, rooting on other women and just total girl power kind of thing. And mm-hmm. when I saw other people going through pregnancy, I just was fascinated by it. And I love babies. I always have been like, you know, the babysitter or whatever. Okay. Um, and so that's what just started me into it. But yeah, most people are like, what? I would have never even thought about that um, when I didn't have a child. But no, I've just always been so interested and fascinated and have loved it ever since. And so you started uh, you started on the baby planning side. Like that was yes. your foray into, I guess, the world. And it's such a um, – you know, like there wasn't a lot in my first pregnancy that stressed me out about – like, you know, all of the – like I didn't – I wasn't nervous about birth. I wasn't – like these things that like typically scared people mm-hmm. like um, wasn't, wasn't on, even on my radar, I guess. And then I remember walking into Bye Bye Baby and them giving me like that booklet of all of the things that needed to be on my list. And I, we like did the full search. We were like, you know, using the gun and getting, you know, shooting at things and being like, oh, these are the things. And I remember like getting to the very end of it and and like it was like, oh, you have – you only have 18% of like the things that you need. And I like <laughs> had a complete meltdown in the Aww. store and was like, was like, Eric, oh my God, I don't know. And like, I, I mean, I don't – I think he's seen me cry like a handful of times in my life and he – like I was just like – I was beside myself and I don't know like wh- what was – it was just the overwhelm of being in an industry and like the wedding industry where you're like, I have to get up to speed and everyone else is working and living and breathing this. Now, all of a sudden, I need to know about this industry because I'm planning a very expensive ordeal. It's the same for babies. Like you're now like, you've never been in this world. These are all new products. You have no idea why one is better than the other and you're supposed to make a decision. And so every single product is like, you know, especially on the high, like the, like, so a stroller, a car seat, a crib, all of those things, you're like, these are big purchases. They each deserve a level of research and intent for what I'm going to be using it for. And that can take forever. Right. 
I wish I knew that baby planners existed (laughs) because the research I spent, like, I mean, it was incredible how much research I did. Yeah. And then you get exhausted from it and, and overthinking things because that's what we do. We're, we're so good at that. And just to have someone who makes that whole process just easier for you and say like, instead of here are the 300 items that you can choose from saying like, here are the five items that really work best for your budget, for your style and for your lifestyle. And this, you know, then look at those five and decide what's best. It just makes it so much easier for people. And that's just mm-hmm. one part of it. Then having a, a baby planner say like, okay, have you t- thought about like childbirth education? Like, is this something that you think is important to you? And let's talk about all the different options because, you know, there's ICEA and then there's Bradley and then there's hypnobirthing or hypnobabies. Right. And I mean, the list goes on and de- determining what is best for you and like what you want your birth to be like. Um, it, it's, it's important to know all of your options. And that's really what it comes down to is just making sure that parents know all of their options along the way without having to, you know, them do all of that homework and research on their own. It's just nice to kind of have like someone on your side who works solely for you, doesn't work for bye-bye baby, doesn't want you to have to buy like everything in the store, you know, um, or like, kind of like a doula as well. Like, you know, we don't work for the hospital. We don't work for your doctor. We, we work for you. We want what you want. And that's the end of it. It's not like, Oh, I want to rack up your bill and make sure, you know, (laughs) or I want to get you out of this bed as quickly as possible because we want to turn it over and bill another mom to have another baby. It's all about, you know, you and what you need and advocating for you and making sure that you feel supported and yeah. And that you feel empowered and educated along the way. So that's that I I love that. So if if I'm a pregnant mom right now and I am thinking about my um like my registry, if you will, mm-hmm. what are three things that you're like every every mom needs to have these these three things? Oh and and God. and then I'm gonna ask you specific so so you don't need to be like you need a car seat, but like 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 I'm talking about like you need the Solly baby wrap or like, you know, <laughs> <laughs> right. Totally. Oh gosh. Um, yeah, because obviously you're going to go to the essentials like diapers, wipes, car seat, right. crib, uh, you know, stroller, those kind of things. Um, but if I had to say three, like out of the box, crazy, weird, but I think totally necessary things, mm-hmm. I think, Yes, I think a carrier is essential, especially mm-hmm. if you plan on having more than one child, like you want to have your hands free. And baby wearing has proven to reduce crying. Uh, it's just wonderful for everyone. Um, it's mm-hmm. not just mom who has to wear a baby, but I actually recommend a ring sling more than any oh, other ring. Yeah, 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 yeah. I okay. recommend a ring sling more than anything because you can use that ring sling for a newborn and up t- through toddlerhood and you can wear that baby any certain way. I really love, I mean, there's so many different brands out there like Sakura Bloom, Wild mm-hmm. Bird. Um, I mean, Lilla Baby, the list goes on. But okay. um, finding, you know, a good ring sling, I absolutely love um, because yeah, they're easy to take care of. They're easy to just throw on and use and you can use it. You don't have to have an infant insert. You know, you can use it from day one till like 
three years old. So I absolutely highly recommend a ring sling. I also really recommend a snot sucker from Frida Baby. I am sorry. It sounds gross, but kids just get germs all the time. And Mm -hmm. you don't know what true love is until you're sucking snot out of your kid's nose. (laughs) But I'm sorry, those bulb syringes just don't do the job at all. No, they don't. (laughs) And if you think about it, you can't clean those bulb syringes. So it's actually creating bacteria and mold inside it. And then that's just not good. So I love a good, yeah, free to baby the snot sucker all the way. You got to get it. It's just essential. Okay. And then what's another thing that is just out of the box that I highly recommend? Let's see here. Um, that's a tough one because um, I'm trying to think of something that's not just so. I think also a diaper caddy. Yes. A diaper caddy is so, so helpful um, because you may think that you're going to be changing your baby's diaper on that great, you know, di- like dresser that you got. And yeah, you may be doing some of them, but a lot of times at four o'clock in the morning, you do not want to have to do that. You want to change them on your bed or on the floor mm-hmm. in your living room, especially if you have a multi-level home having a diaper caddy is super helpful. Um, so having everything that you need, like your diapers, your wipes, your, your ointment, um, you know, the diaper balm. Um, if your baby has a circumcision, having the Vaseline, uh, you know, all of those things right there. So then you're not having to run upstairs, downstairs, or have to go to a certain room to make sure that you have everything that you need. So, and then I love that that diaper caddy, you can put that in your trunk and take that wherever you go. So it's just easy. Uh, if you're like going to stay, at the grandparents' house for like the weekend or, or whatnot, or, you know, just ch- changing your, your trunk into a changing station. It just has everything you need right there. So yeah, I think a really good diaper caddy. I really love Ubi's diaper caddy. That's my particular favorite, but there also are some great ones on Amazon that I send my clients all the time to. Uh, that's a good, that's a, that's a, such a great recommendation. I feel like that was something my sister-in-law told me and I was like, man, she, she really nailed that one. <laughs> yeah, totally. It's now, super helpful when you're like, oh yeah, I'm not always going to be in my yeah, kids. You're not, <laughs> especially, especially like the first few weeks of baby's life. Like you're, you're, you're usually not in their room. You're kind of like in your living room or, and you're just like camped out there yeah, and you're on not, your couch or in your <laughs> you bed. need to be able to, exactly, yeah. exactly. Um, now I'm curious just because you mentioned Ubi and now I have I have two I have two kids. I have the um Ubi diaper pail and I have the Decker yes. diaper pail. Yes. Because and the reason I started with the Ubi diaper pail and I still now uh, now having, you know, been essentially almost a year and a half into the Decker and now I'm almost three year three and a half years into the Ubi. I I got the Decker because the Ubi kind of started smelling like Mm -hmm. the tin the tin started smelling Mm -hmm. and I was like this is so strange and so I was like oh maybe maybe the Decker's better and I mean the Decker started smelling after like eight months so so I'm interested in which one if we're ever gonna find a (laughs) diaper pail that doesn't eventually stink like poop yeah (laughs) I I have to say I mean there's so many diaper pails right and there's also the diaper genie and um there they all do its job, contain the poop somewhere, right? But when it comes yeah. to the stink, like I, 
I don't think there's ever going to be, especially with the amount of poop that we put the in there. Like poop, they're yeah. going to stink, y'all. Like I'm yes. sorry, it just <laughs> is what it is. They even though it's like that whatever titanium stuff yeah. that they use and it's supposed to hold it in, it does as the best that it possibly can. But like I don't think there's anything that can really hold in keep it all away. That yeah, all that smell. But I. I, I do love them all. I, I really do like the Ubi diaper pail because I can use a regular um, trash Garbage bag. Garbage bag, yes. Yeah, rather mm-hmm. than having to buy refills. I mean, I do like the diaper decker though. That's actually been one of my favorites for a long time too. But you do have to, you know, use their refills. So, right. and that's the same thing with with the diaper genie. So the for I think the lazy parent, which that's me. I mean, I, the less that I have to do and you know have to make an effort and to to buy and and replace the better. I I don't want to have to do as much of that as possible. So I like that I can use just a kitchen garbage garbage bag and use that in my uh my ubi diaper pail so that's something that i'm like hey if that's something that's important like important to you just ease and convenience then i recommend this but i also really like i mean i like all of them um and that's why whenever people ask me um recommendations i'm always recommending those but but yeah i I wish i could give you an answer of like this is the magic (laughs) it never smells but i haven't come across one that that doesn't eventually smell (laughs) my one one, my one tip is that – well, I, I have two tips. This is what I started doing. I when As soon as the poop transitioned to like real poop, it's no, no longer yeah. breast milk. Because the breast milk poop doesn't smell, smell yeah, at all. Yeah, it's not as bad. But yeah. I, I started wrapping the um, – the diaper in only poopy diapers in the like the arm and hammer bags and yes. then I would put it in. Yes. That helped like sustain the tin from not smelling for longer. But now I just bring the poopy diaper straight out to the diaper. Like yeah. sorry, to the garbage outside. Garbage. I'm just like, I don't need it in here. I'm just gonna take the extra time. Like because they're, they're they're pooping twice a day. It's not a you know like it's not a huge thing. It's not like they're two months old and pooping eleven times a day. Yeah. Um so I just I I pile it up, I bring it out and and that's what I do. And then that actually keeps the poop smell away. <laughs> yes. And I was going to say what I normally – like I actually have two diaper pails, one in my garage and one in, in my house. And the poop oh, ones smart. go in the garage. That's just where yep. they go. Um, so then that way I'm not having to you know make an extra effort of putting it in the, in the garbage pail or whatever. And then that's yeah. just also to me – I don't know. I just – I, it just was easy, like right in the garage, like right outside the door. I just put it right there and it's not that bad. So I, I say, hey, if you really, really want to get the poop smell out, just put it in the garage. Good. That's that's a great tip too. Yeah. Now, the one there's one other product that I just want to talk about because I um, – or two products. <laughs> and I'm, I'm interested in your in your take on them. The first is the Hakka pump or the Hakka. Hakka. Oh. The Hakka pump. Haka, oh yeah. my God. I love it. I yeah. love it. I yes. think it's the best thing ever. Mm-hmm. I think that every woman should have it and it's totally underrated. I think that, okay, what woman really likes to pump? No one. Nobody. I like you're then strapped to all this stuff and no, it's just not my thing. And I swear if you use it, you will be so 
amazed at what uh-huh. you get out of it, especially if you're using it regularly. I love that it's dishwasher safe. I just, I can't say enough great things about it. It's just so easy. You can use it in your car. I used it as like basically a milk catcher when I was yes, having a baby on one side and then mm-hmm. using it on the other. I would get like so many extra ounces of milk rather than just using like a regular milk catcher. Yeah. That then adds the suction. So you'll get like an extra ounce or two than mm-hmm. you would otherwise. So so if you are tired of like that eh, or, eh, or, and being tethered to something and then cleaning all of those parts and, and whatnot, like I cannot recommend it enough. I'm always telling my moms, get a haka, get a haka. Um, yeah. So I, yes, I, I love it. Okay. Yes. It's, it is. It's like, I, I didn't have it for our first, my first pregnancy or my first baby. I had it for my second and I, it, it was such a game changer and totally. I just cannot preach about it enough. Right. And then it's, just, I, yeah, I, and I it's, feel like it's totally a second time mom product, unless you have like a lot of mom friends that have multiple kids, then yes. you maybe know about it for your first baby. But otherwise people, yeah, they don't know about it. <laughs> I think that's why we have to spread the word, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and then the other product, which is interesting, because it, it was I used it nonstop with my first because he was just a little more fussy was the baby shusher oh yeah and, and I was like this is the best thing in the world because my lips would be chapped from shushing him all the time oh girl and yeah. I was just like <laughs> so yeah, I'm glad okay oh yes oh yes anything all of the white noises I mean I'm doing all of the s's like there's five yeah. s's right I'm doing all of them and yeah, the shushing after a while, like my breath gets tired, like I'm having an asthma yeah. attack, my lips are ch- ch- chapped, I just can't. So yep. yes, having a good white noise machine, I love my Hatch Baby Rest. It's amazing. Oh, yes. It's like the best thing ever. I love how I can adjust the light, adjust the volume, adjust the noise, like if I want a tune or, but I'm always doing just the white noise one. Um, I still use it to this day. I mean, but then when you're on the go, yes, I recommend like either a stuffed animal that also has um, a, a white noise. So then it can be like a lovey, but also, um, you know, that that extra S, you know, the shushing. But yes, I also absolutely love the baby shusher. Um, some people don't like it because you then have to have like a screwdriver to right. undo it oh to God. put in the battery. And they're like, really? This is not the time when I need to go find like a Phillips a screwdriver. screwdriver. Um, yeah. So that's the only downside of that. Um, but otherwise, yes, totally recommend for sure. Wonderful. Well, let's move on and start talking about um, like a what because you're also a doula, yes. and I want. I think we actually haven't talked to a doula, and I I find this such a as such a fascinating line of work because it's so necessary. But I didn't have one for either of my pregnancies, so I'd love for you to just talk a little bit about what it is that you do and why someone would need a doula. Yeah. So, well, first off, I want to say that not everyone needs a doula. It's not for everybody, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. I'm not here to say like, oh my gosh, doulas are. I mean, yes, I'm biased because I am a doula, and I've seen a <laughs> lot of births, and and I've I've had a I've had quite a few moms, second time moms come to me because they had maybe not the best first experience and they're hoping for a better experience the second time around. Maybe they're wanting a VBAC. Maybe they had some birth trauma. Maybe, you know, they just didn't feel as loved and supported by their partner as they thought they would Mm -hmm. be the first time around. But um, it's not for everybody and I get that and that's okay. So, but I will say that it is for a lot of people. If you are hoping for a certain type of experience, um, then that's, 
then you should have a, a birth doula. If you're cool with just anything happening, like it doesn't matter, then yeah, a doula is not for you. But if you're really hoping for, you know, a really good epidural, if you're wanting for a completely unmedicated birth, if you're wanting, um, you know, to make sure that you're, you're uh, limiting your tearing as much as possible, then hiring a doula is definitely a good one for you. Also, if you're just one of those people who, wants to be in the know of like what's going on. Like you don't want people just doing things to you. Like you want Mm -hmm. to be, you want to have people talking to you and communicating with you and letting you know what your options are along the way and just feeling informed Then a doula is for you. Because basically what a doula is, is a woman, typically, I was going to say, I think there's only one male doula out there, um, (laughs) is a woman who is really protecting, advocating and supporting um, a laboring woman. And I'm, I'm talking about a birth doula, not a postpartum doula. So, um, so what we provide is that emotional, physical and informational support. So emotionally really being there for women. We know when we're pregnant, oh my gosh, watch one commercial, like a Hallmark commercial and we're crying. So, you know, and, and with that emotions, you know, during birth, all you want to do is like have a healthy baby and you will do anything. Like if someone says you need to do this to make sure that your baby's okay, you will do it. Um, and unfortunately sometimes I'm not saying every hospital, but I live in Houston, Texas. We are the largest medical center in the world. So we are very medicalized. We tend to just resort straight to interventions. So that's what I have seen. And this is what I'm, mm-hmm. I know from my experience. So, you know, sometimes just for the ease, um, of, you know, the, the hospital staff, they will say like, okay, well, next we're going to break your water. Then we're going to do some Pitocin. Then we're going to, you know, it's just right. this cascading of in- interventions and women are just like, okay, I guess that's just what I'm supposed to do. And this is what, what happens. And, you know, then when I tell them like, actually, no, there, there's another way there's, and it could result into a different ending, um, maybe a happier one for you. Uh, yeah, it just breaks my heart when I hear people say like, yeah, I was told that, you know, I should be induced at 39 weeks because of the arrived trial and, you know, it would limit my chances of a C-section. And so I went in and I wasn't, you know, I had Cervidil and then I went in, uh, you know, after 12 hours, we did a balloon catheter and then uh, they broke my water and then they did Pitocin and then we did Cytotec and then my my baby's heart rate went down and I had a C-section. And that's when I'm like, oh my God, did, and I'm like, you know, that's okay. That happened. And, you know, you are not a bad mom for those things happening. But at the same time, I'm, I'm also saying like, did you feel like you had a voice when all of that happened? Or were you just saying like, yes, I'm doing this because this is what people told me I needed to do. So if, if you want to feel informed and educated and feel like you're an active participant in your own birth, then I think having a doula is for you. And by the way, you mentioned 
um, I think it was the first thing you said, because I, I, I was under, always under the impression that, and this is clearly not true, but that I would want a doula if in the event that I was going to have an unmedicated birth. Like that was, right. I was like, oh yeah, like you'd want that support if you are having an, but I think the first thing you said was if you want to make sure that your epidural is, or like, but it, it makes sense now that you're like, no, it's about just having the experience that you want and right. making sure that someone's advocating for you when you're in labor. Exactly. <laughs> like, no matter what that looks like. I will say okay. that, yes, like 95% of the time, my clients are hoping and wanting an unmedicated birth. But I think that's also because of a lack of education to other families who want an epidural, assuming that doulas are only for families that want a med-free birth. Um, right. But that's so not true. Um, I think they're even, I think that doulas are even, if, if not just as necessary, even more when you're wanting medicine, because are you getting the epidural at the right time? You know, Mm -hmm. are you have, is your cervix favorable? Like, are you, you know, are you getting to the, to the hospital at the right time? Are you getting there too soon? Are you, you know, there's just so many things that, that, you know, little decisions really add up to big ones um, when it comes to labor. And yeah, having someone who doesn't work for the hospital, that doesn't work for your doctor's office, that works solely for you and knows what you want, has developed that rapport with you because you don't know who your nurse is going to be. You don't know if your doctor's going to be on call. You know, you can't control those things, but a doula, you can pretty much guarantee, you know, it's very unlikely that she won't be there at your birth. Um, especially if she's only taking like so many clients per month. Like if she's right. taking like six clients a month, then yeah, maybe she won't go. But I only take two a month and that really ensures that I am going to be in attendance um, at all of my clients' births. Um, so so yeah, to have someone that really knows you, that knows what you want and is going to stand up for you in those in those moments. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm not like being pushy. I'm being really respectful of the mm-hmm. medical staff. Like, Uh, they have a very important job and I need them to do their job, but I also have a job and it's to make sure that my, my clients are comfortable, are feeling educated and like they have a voice and I break things down in like normal people terms. So when they're like, Oh my gosh, you know, what's that beeping sound? I'm like, don't worry. It's just your IV pole that needs to get like plugged back in because it's running out of battery. Like, you know, I, I Mm -hmm. I bring some normalcy and some calm to the room and let them know. Also, like if a doctor's like, okay, you know what, hon, you've been stalled at three centimeters for the past three hours like we really need to do some Pitocin. That's when I can step in after my clients say, Hey, can I talk to my husband or my partner a little bit about this before we jump into that? Um, they usually say, yeah, of course. And they step out. That's when I step in and say like, okay, yeah, that is totally one option. Here are some other options that you can do. You know, Mm -hmm. you can do some nipple stimulation. We can do, uh, we can make sure that we ramp up the walking, that we do some squats and some lunges and we do, we get the Clary Sage out and we're doing other things rather than resulting straight to uh, medicine. But let's try some other things first and see if that works. And if it doesn't work, hey, we tried and then we can go to that, but let's not maybe result resort straight to, um, something so aggressive. So, but if my clients prefer like, no, you know what, you know, I don't want to do any of that. And I, I feel fine with doing, um, Pitocin. I'm like, great, that's fine too. I just am there to make sure that you know what all of your options are. You know, the benefits and risks 
to each option. So then that way you just feel like you're making an informed decision and you know what's best for your baby and your body. Um, yeah, I, I just want to make sure that when you leave your birth, you feel like, hey, I knew what was going on along the way. I knew what, what my options were. Um, even though my birth didn't look anything like my birth plan, I still felt I still felt supported and heard and respected every step of the way. Got it. And then now I'm curious where, when, like, I, so I, I'm working with you as a doula. Mm-hmm. I, my, when do I call you? Like, when, when is, when do you like come and join me in the labor experience? Yes. Okay. Yes. Um, when I first started, <laughs> I used to come like as soon as people were like, yeah, I need you come over. And then I did a 72 hour labor and I was like, I'm never doing that again. Um, <laughs> so now, <laughs> and what I've been doing now for like mm-hmm. the past six, seven years, um, is I attend my, I I tend to my clients once they're in active labor. So when they're in early labor, we are communicating via phone, via text. Like I'm listening to how things are going. I'm giving them, um, you know, recommendations of like, Hey, start doing this. Um, and telling the partner, like, make sure she's doing that. But as soon as I recognize that there is like a good pattern and it's not going anywhere, that's when I go to them or I go to them when they're just like really in pain and they're like, no, Nina, I need you right now. I'm feeling alone. I'm feeling uh, not supported. And this is, it's, it is happening. I promise like, but I just need you. And then I'm like, okay, I'm there. I'm going to be there no matter what, if you need me. Um, but, but typically doulas will go to their clients once they're in active labor. And that's the thing people are like, but aren't I supposed to go to the hospital when I'm in active labor? And I'm like, yes, that is an option. However, it's really, you know, if we can labor a little bit more at home, that would be great Mm -hmm. before we go straight to the hospital. The, The reason being is it's very normal for labor to stall when you're in the car and when you arrive at the hospital. It usually takes my clients about another hour to two hours to get back to where they were um, when how they were reacting to labor at home um, because it's just normal. It's like the fight, fight or flight um, reaction in our bodies when you think, you know, when you're changing up the scenery, going somewhere new, even if you're wanting things to progress mentally, your body just physiologically kind of shuts down because it's not in a safe place, it thinks, to right. allow you to continue opening and dilating and, um, you know, having, having a baby. But if you wait a little bit longer, make sure that, yes, this is for sure active labor, you're seeing the shakes, I'm seeing women throw up, I'm seeing like great signs, bloody show, I'm seeing all of the signs of like good progress. I'm like, awesome. Let's go to the hospital now because now it's not going to slow down and stop as much as it would if we had left maybe an hour ago. Mm, Okay. That's a good tip. Yes. Yeah. Mm. And a doula will know those signs. So then you're not going to the hospital and then getting sent back home or, you know, all of that. We, we basically take that stressor of when do I go to the hospital off your shoulders? We let you know, like you basically communicate with your doula as soon as you feel anything. And then they will say, okay, now that you're having consistent contractions, I will come over. I'm going to massage you. I'm going to help you with your breathing. I'm going to coach you. I'm going to make sure that you're doing different positions to have like an optimal labor. But, and then once I see you, we may, I may only be there for two minutes and be like, no, we're going now. Or I may be there for a couple hours and then say like, okay, now we've developed a good labor pattern. It's time to go to the hospital. 
Right. Okay. That is, um, and now I'm curious, what, what are the women that you work with when they get to the hospital, how many centimeters dilated are they typically? Typically six centimeters. Okay. That's nice. That's like perfect. Exactly. And that's exactly the right time to get an epidural. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Because I'm sorry, like when you're in pain and wanting meds, and you get to the hospital and you're only a three, it's just that much more uncomfortable at a hospital. But when you're at home, there's just something about having your pillow in your bed, like with your food and, and it just, it's still, don't get me wrong. It still is a challenge, but it's just mentally a little bit more relaxing and your body tends to go a little bit faster when you are in the comfort of your own home. It's just the security and safety. So waiting a little bit longer and then getting to the hospital. But there's some women that work with me and they say, no, Nina, as soon as I can get an epidural, I want one. So (laughs) as soon as we hit like, you know, active labor, maybe you can come to my house, but maybe I'll tell you to just meet me at the hospital. And I'm cool with that too, because they know working with me that I'm going to let them know, okay, if we do this, I just want to remind you like the, the benefits and risks to this, as long as you're cool with that, I'm, I'm cool mm-hmm. with it too. Now, the part that I like was not familiar with is a postpartum doula, which is what I definitely would have needed because um, I did not realize how hard the postpartum experience was. Totally. That's like what most new moms say is like, oh, I didn't expect that. Yeah. I tend to, you know, it's kind of like, again, the whole wedding analogy, like people will get a wedding planner, plan everything for this like perfect wedding, but then they're married and then they look at their partners and they're like, oh my God, we didn't do anything to prepare for our marriage. Mm-hmm. you know, for a strong, solid, good marriage. And yeah, and it, the same thing applies at birth. You maybe took the childbirth classes, you read all of the books, you, you know, did everything you could to like plan for like the best birth. Women tend to be very focused on birth and think that once they have the baby, like it gets easier from then on. And I'm like, Oh, girl, there's no epidural for motherhood. Like, sorry. <laughs> it's This is when it gets real. And birth is only lasts a couple hours, maybe a couple days at most, whereas motherhood is for life. And mm-hmm. that is when you're going to need the most support out of any of it. And yeah, unfortunately, postpartum doulas, uh, when people say the word doula, they immediately think of birth, but there is another type of doula and that's a postpartum doula. And that's someone who also provides that emotional, physical and informational support after you have a baby. So emotions are totally high after you have a little one. I mean, your hormones are still trying to regulate after giving birth. Um, You know, you're leaking from everywhere, your boobs, your vagina, like, you know, you're crying all the Mm -hmm. time and you're trying to figure out, is this latch normal? You're scared about your first poop. Um, The baby's nails are super long. Why does my baby have hair on his ears? Like you're (laughs) just wondering like, is this normal? Am I doing everything okay? And you're just bleeding, you know, Uh, it's, it's a lot. Your milk's coming in, your boobs are hard as rocks. Like there's just so many things going on and it can be overwhelming. It's overstimulating in a sense. And Mm -hmm. having someone there I love that quote that say like, you know, um, everyone wants to hold the baby, but who, who's going to hold the mother? And Mm -hmm. they really are in those first weeks and months, they really are one unit. 
And we need to start paying more attention to mothers in, in that very sacred and special time because they are so raw and they are transforming. Like they are shedding a layer of, of selfishness of, of who they were and growing into this new role in their lives that they've maybe never had before. If they're a second time mom, they still are growing because now they're having to learn how to balance the love of one child to two and, and separating that time and, and also recovering and taking care of themselves. And it's, there's always growth with every child and, and postpartum doulas, again, we're there for that emotional time, but physically letting you know, like, Hey, is this passing this kind of blood clot? Is this normal? Is if you had a C-section, it, you know, am I healing uh, properly? Um, you know, pa- talking about padsicles, talking about just am, when do I bathe my baby? How do I bathe my mm-hmm. baby? Um, how do I take care of the umbilical cord? How do I take care of a circumcision or an uncircumcised penis? Or, you know, how do I just all of the things? How do I wipe a, a baby girl? <laughs> you know, do I really <laughs> dig in there or do I not? Like, it's just, there's all of these cool crazy questions, but they're not crazy. They're normal. And it's because we're such singular units now um, in America, our families are so individual. Um, we, we don't live in a commune. We don't like help each other out. We don't, um, you know, have that. It's not a village anymore. Yeah, it's not a village yeah. anymore. Um, there, there needs to be people that can come and, and help you during those times. So yeah, as a postpartum doula, I've done days, I've done nights. Um, night help, I think is totally where you see families at their rawest mm-hmm. and um, helping with the feedings, whether they choose to breastfeed or bottle feed or, or whatever, but helping them to establish a new normal for their family. Um, and we tend to do that and, uh, and at a quicker pace than what you would uh, if you were doing it solo, um, because we show you tricks and ways to do things and how to make things easier for you. Um, yeah. So it's just an easier transition and a faster transition, um, which we we then see a lot more ha- just happier moms. So it's also reducing the chances of postpartum depression and, and postpartum anxiety and postpartum OCD when, when there's already someone there that can that can help with those things. And we also watch for those cues. We, yeah. we are trained to look for those those signs and, and getting help for those women because sometimes those symptoms can be unrecognized and it can grow and exacerbate into something a lot, a lot harder for the whole family to, to handle. So, so yeah, we're, we're looking for all those things and we're making sure is mom drinking enough water? Is mom eating healthy foods? How, how is everything going? Um, yeah, just really taking care of the mom in every sense of the the word. It's so necessary. I, I, I think like everyone always thinks about a baby nurse, but I'm just like, no, I, li- I like that. Like it's more like this is a mommy nurse. Yes. <laughs> like yes. And a, and a baby nurse then just takes care of your baby and you're not learning how to do it yourself. Uh, then you're, exactly. then you're feeling re- like dependent on that person. Whereas we are, we are strengthening you. We are making sure that mama is strong and mom is taken care of. And we are all about the mother. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like if mom needs to take a shower and take a nap, like we are there and we'll take care of the baby. No problem. Um, But 
it's, it's what, it, what is that saying? Like get, give a fish to a man, he'll eat for a day, but teach a man to fish and he'll be yes. full the rest of his <laughs> life. And that's what a postpartum doula is. Whereas like a baby nurse, you're going to be dependent on that person and then cry when they leave. Like, no, I, I need you. Like I've, you've been doing all of the stuff and now I'm going to have to do all of the stuff. So that's a really be, good analogy. It can be really hard when you make that transition. I did. I had no intention of having an unmedicated birth with my first two. I was, or actually, with my first, I was like, I'm not taking a labor. I don't. I don't really care. I'm getting an epidural. Yeah. I will figure it out. It is what it yeah. is. Yeah. So I, I didn't do one, and yeah. it was fine. Then with my second one, I was dabbling with the idea of doing an unmedicated birth it was like but was like you know what when I want an epidural I'll get the epidural but right. I so I started reading the hypnobirthing book right um the mon- so I like ha- exactly yes and I had those tools but now as I am I'm early very early pregnant in my <gasps> third pregnancy congratulations yeah. that's <laughs> thank amazing you, thank you <laughs> oh I love it yes um I am I was just met with a midwife yesterday. Like I am going the midwifery route and I'm going to do an unmedicated birth. And so I'm like, do I, I should, I feel like I should prepare myself. Yeah. So I have to ask you, what made you change? Like your, your thought process on that? Because yeah, that's just, it's usually, especially since you were like, yeah, it was fine. Like my first birth, it was fine. It's usually people who have like, not so fine births that change their their decision, but what made you change? Yeah, I. Uh, it's funny that you ask. I my first one, I had a fantastic epidural. Um, he, I pushed for you know, like it wasn't a long labor. I think I was in labor for twelve hours. Um, in uh, I pushed for fourteen minutes, and he was out. Oh, with my, I it was, hate you. <laughs> <laughs> I pushed for three hours, girlfriend. Oh my god, oh, you oh are my god. so lucky. Yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> So, um, so then with my second, I, um, it was sick, a total of six hours of labor. My water broke and then like, it was just, it just got real fast Mm -hmm. and I got the epidural at around midnight and she came at one. And so when I'm telling you that I didn't, I like feel like I felt everything, um, including like the transition, like I was, like I was, I mean, it was, it was. I remember at the end of it, I was just like, I, I might as well have not gotten an epidural. Right. And, and so, and I was like, well, I got through it. And I think like, I, I feel like now as I'm in my third pregnancy, I'm just like, I want a completely different experience where like I'm in the driver's seat. Like I, I am making the calls and I, I feel like I just want to go through this. Yeah. <laughs> And, and I'm, I'm actually shocked at that opinion. I mean, even, even yesterday I told my husband I was doing unmedicated and he like absolutely gawked in my face. <laughs> <laughs> Why would you want to do that? And I'm like, cause I feel like I already did it, but I like can't say that I did it. Um, but who cares if you, that's the thing. Right. I right. don't want women to be like, oh, I want to be able to say that I did it. Like who cares at the end of the day right. you had a baby. You know, and, and however that baby comes out, like you are a mom and and rock on. Like I never want women to ever feel like I'm a better mom because I did something a certain way. I breastfed my baby till they were however old or I had my baby, whatever. But I mean, don't get me wrong. I love that you're, you know, choosing a different route because you feel that's best for you. I want that for you. But I also you know, want to say like, I don't want you to ever think that you, I don't know, are, are no, that 
I get what you're saying. Okay, and it's, it is interesting because I feel like as you're saying it, I'm hearing you and I'm like, I'm almost like, I'm like, yeah, Sarah, why do you need to? The validation. <laughs> you, don't. You, like, you need to do it. You don't need to do it. Exactly. Just get the epidural, well, no, Sarah. I'm saying, I'm saying though, like, hey, don't get me wrong. I had a home birth. I had a midwife. I've been to a lot of births and I have seen a lot of things and I knew that that was right for me. And Mm -hmm. I'm not saying that that's right for everyone, but I, so that's why I was curious when you were like, Hey, everything worked out. Um, and everything was fine. And I chose something different. Um, you know, that's not just like what people say to me, like, Oh my gosh, you did all of this before you even had a baby. That's so different. I'm what I want to know why that's why I I just wanted to know why, but that, that doesn't make, you know, anything better or worse or what, you know, or right or wrong. Um, but I, I think that's, I think that's amazing that you're looking for midwifery care because I think that, um, as soon as you start, you will start immediately recognizing the difference. Um, yeah. and I think it's for the better. You get way more time with your, your provider. You get way more attention, um, individualized attention rather than like, it's the same thing they repeat to their clients over and over and over again. Um, it's way more individualized care. So you're going to start recognizing some things that are just different and maybe you'll like it, maybe you won't, but, um, but yeah, it's definitely different. And I hope, uh, and I pray that you, um, get everything that you want out of, you know, this pregnancy and this birth. No, thank you. And it is funny because like I I had gone into my first pregnancy kind of as a high risk pregnancy mm-hmm. and and doing anything outside of the hospital was like a a no no. I it was just I wouldn't have even considered it. Right. And and I I feel like I was still kind of carrying that even though like my daughter was not high risk, like nothing about, I mean, even there was nothing high risk about my son's pregnancy. I was just a high risk. I had had ectopic pregnancies and all that. Right. So I think I was just carrying that. Right. Damn. (laughs) I'm like, I've survived. Um, But I will say like now going into this, I'm like, look, I've had two non, like two very like normal pregnancies and two very uncomplicated births. Like I am a candidate to do this. You totally are. Exactly how I want to yeah. do this. And so now I'm going to like unshackle myself and say, okay, let's, let's, let's do, do this. this. Yes. And oh I remember with actually the, uh, the last thing I will say about it is that like when with my daughter, like we were, as soon as she was out, I'm like, I want to get out of this hospital. Like I want to take her home. Right. I want to be with my son. I want to yeah. like be in our home. Mm-hmm. And we had to stay for an extra, I think it was like 36 hours. And I was just like, I don't want to be here. And I, that's what I also, what I love about doing it outside of a hospital is that I ha- I kind of have that control. Oh yeah. I will say that's probably one of my favorite things is after you have the baby, especially I had mine at home. If you have a birth center, I think you leave after four or six hours, something like mm-hmm. that, depending on, you know, the, the birth center's rules um, that you attend. But um, my husband and I loved that once we had our baby, we were in our bed, we had our fridge, we had our food, like we were yeah. like, oh, we're already home. Like it feels so good. And the midwife came back the next day. Like you're still, you know, making sure that they stay with you for several hours afterwards to make sure that like, you know, everyone's vitals are good. But, um, but yeah, after uh, it's, it's just so different. And especially if you're wanting to go home, oh, you're going to love that part. It really is wonderful. It's one of my favorite things. Yeah. 
Okay. Yeah. Um, well, that was a, a good aside. I want to talk really quickly about newborns. Um, and because I think like one of the scariest things for me, and I didn't take any infant care classes either, which I now looking back was like, oh, that was kind of a mistake. <laughs> I should, <laughs> no, I should have done you, that. Where did you go? And, and, and that's the thing. I'll tell people like, okay, if you don't want to take a newborn care class, fine. But then you should hire a postpartum doula because then mm-hmm. they can yeah. show you with your baby how to diaper, how to burp, how to bathe, how to take care of the you know the cord, how to trim the nails, how to do all of those things. So if you don't want to do the class, fine, but at least have someone come to your home to show you those things with an actual squirmy baby. Yes. And I exactly, yes, I think, and you've said it twice now, and I cannot echo it enough how frightening it is to trim your baby's nails. (laughs) It's the thing that I do the most whenever I go to a postpartum doula client's house. Like they're already there and waiting with the trimmers. Like, hi, Nina, can you please cut the baby's nails? And I'm like, sure, so-and-so. But eventually you have to do it. And I will show them exactly how I do it. Um, And they're like, no, I know. It's I can, I know I can do it. I'm just not ready yet. It is so frightening. Is. Oh. Yeah, I've seen several babies where their parents um, have cut the tips of their fingers. Um, I did that. Bleeding. Yeah, and it happens. It ha- They're squirmy yeah. and whatever. And that's when I'm like, okay, this is not the right nail trimmer for you. We need to find a different yeah. nail trimmer that you feel more confident with, that we can avoid this. And also remember, you are stronger than your baby. You can hold that baby's hand and make sure it stays still. So, yeah. We actually, we, after that, I mean, I remember like, I was very postpartum too. And I like called my husband and I'm like, I massacred our son's (laughs) fingers. But I switched to a scissor, like a little scissor. Oh, yes. Nail scissors. That's, I swear by those. And people are like, no, they're claimed to to cut babies even more. And I go, absolutely not. You can control it way better than just pressing down and like praying that you don't get the yeah. yeah, exactly. exactly. With the, I, I mean, I haven't used, I still use scissors. Like I will never use a nail clipper yeah. on my kids ever, ever again. Yeah, I'm that. always <laughs> recommending. I'm like, okay, that was great. But I always use the scissors. I totally, I 100% agree with you. It, it's usually one of the, the gifts that I give a new parent. Um, I usually give them like a little basket full of things that people don't get you, um, mm-hmm. but you'll actually need and use for parents. And that is one of them is definitely a nail scissors that are, and some nail files. That's just so helpful. That's a great idea. Yeah. Um, now you are an infant massage instructor. And I think like had our best friends not been like we had my, our best, our best friends had twin boys at the, around the same time that we oh. did or three months before yeah. us and they were in the NICU a bit. And so the NICU nurses do a wonderful job of educating new parents and really teaching them how to do things. Mm-hmm. And they were taught, teaching our friends, or at least their NICU nurses. And, and what I've heard is that a lot of NICU nurses are very good at this. And um, they learned how to do infant massage. And yeah. so taught us, but I would have never heard of this had they not mentioned it to us. So can you talk a little bit about it and when we would do it? Yeah. Oh gosh. You can, you can do it from day one. Um, I love, Mm -hmm. I love infant massage. There are so many wonderful benefits. I could go on about it, but that's like a whole other podcast. Um, but Mm -hmm. seriously, there's so many benefits of just helping with babies, blood circulation, lymph circulation, helping with tummy issues, gas. I mean, just also, it's a great activity to be able to do with your baby. I cannot tell you how many times parents are like, okay, well, 
they're, they're awake. What do I do with it now? What do I do with this mm-hmm. baby? Um, I'm like, well, let's talk to it. Let's do infant massage. Let's do, <laughs> let's do things with the baby. It's awake. Um, mm-hmm. So it's a great bonding thing to do um, with your child. And also it teaches, uh, it teaches children that touch a loving touch. I mean, there's really, there's so many wonderful things that, that do with it. It also stimulates um, the brain. And again, I could go on and on, but okay. <laughs> you can literally, you can do it from day one. I, that's one thing that I love. Um, and I also love that it's not something that's like all or nothing. You don't have to perform an entire body massage to have like success at doing massage. If you just massage their feet and legs um, and then they're done, that's fine. And then the next time mm-hmm. you can do their hands and arms and then the next time you can do their back or their head or their tummy. So it's just something so helpful um, to really strengthen those muscles, bring that blood circulation there, um, good stretches for them. It really strengthens the babies. And the reason why NICU nurses do it is it's been shown that babies that are massaged in NICU get discharged sooner and get stronger compared to babies Mm. that don't get massaged. So yeah, I mean, massage is such a wonderful thing. And um, it also, you think that babies aren't stressed, but they are, they are so stressed. And so with that loving touch, it just helps relax them. Um, so what, what mom doesn't want their baby to feel calm and relaxed and, and at peace. I mean, there's nothing greater. So, so yeah, there's, there's massage is fantastic. Um, I highly recommend it to parents and that's why I actually, when I started working um, with women at the beginning of my uh, career, I recognized that touch is so vital. So I actually went to massage school and got my license in massage therapy after I had become a doula, just so that I could know how to properly relax and calm and manipulate the body in the way that is, uh, you know, preferable. And then when I saw the benefits to, you know, that loving touch with infants and children, uh, that's when I got my, my certification as an infant massage instructor. So uh, I, I just cannot speak highly enough about it. It really is something that's wonderful, not only for the child, but for the parent too. Do you have any, um, any like videos of you doing it on baby chick? I do. I actually have a Facebook yes. live, um, oh, okay. that I, I did it on a, a baby doll. Um, and it's had over a million views. So I know that, oh, wow. I know that moms <laughs> are wanting this and it's just a great, um, it's a great tool to have. So yeah, I, I can definitely send you the link if you guys want to watch an easy thing. And I do the entire routine, but don't worry, like, if your baby just can can't sit through it. it, you can stop. Yeah. You don't have to do the entire routine. I just like to show all the things that you can do with the legs, arms, chest, tummy, back, and head. So then you know what to do. Okay. I will, we'll add that to the show notes. That'll be awesome. Awesome. Now, the last thing I want to ask you is you obviously have tons and tons of experience as like a baby planner, doula, educator, and a mom. Do you have three tips that you are like all pregnant or new moms need, need these tips? Yes. Okay. Okay. So three tips I would have to say enlist support, whether Mm -hmm. that is your best friend, whether that's your neighbor, your mom, family, a doula, uh, uh, whatever it is, enlist support. Uh, I cannot stress that enough. Sometimes people get overwhelmed and have difficult pregnancies and having people to talk to um, is, is super important. 
some people have really crazy births and um, maybe you're wanting to make sure that you have the best birth experience possible in list support. And by far new moms, oh my gosh, if, if people are not offering to help, do not be afraid to ask it. Always ask for help and list support. So if you're wanting that help, talk about it during your pregnancy and say, okay, after I have this baby, I would really love, you know, some help with, you know, some, with the food. Can someone help me with a meal train? Can, can, I would love, you know, if someone could, could help with the baby every now and, or my older children while I'm taking care of the baby, whatever it is, just like you maybe made, if you made a birth plan, I feel like making a postpartum plan is just as important. You have mm-hmm. to have a plan of like, who can help you? Who can you call? If breastfeeding's not going well, what? who's a lactation consultant that you can talk to? If you're feeling extra blue, who's a therapist or a counselor that you can reach out to? So having those already, thinking about those ahead of time and making sure that you have the support that you need, if you need them, um, is, is really, really important. I think that's like my biggest tip, um, of all. Also, I, my other tip is let go of what you think it's going to be like. If you think Mm -hmm. pregnancy is going to be a certain thing, if you think birth is going to be a certain experience, if you think motherhood is going to be a certain way, really let go of expectations because the reality sometimes does not measure up to it. And that can feel really, um, defeating. That can feel really, um, like you're inadequate, like you're doing something Mm -hmm. wrong, um, that you made a bad choice, that you're a bad mom. And that's the furthest thing from it. You know, you, you just can't control everything uh, and that's okay. None of us can. So really just making sure that it's okay to want certain things and, like for example, I wanted a I wanted a unmedicated birth, home birth, but I also knew in the back of my mind, like, hey, but I can't control if I have a long or a short umbilical cord. I can't control what position he maybe ends up in, if he's breech or not. Mm-hmm. I can't control if I get gestational diabetes. Well, I can kind of control that, but you know, you yeah. get what I'm saying. <laughs> right, 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 there, right. There are there are some things that are just beyond our control. And we cannot be we cannot beat ourselves up over those things, you know, um, yeah. we all, all we can do is try our best and, and, and that's, that's enough. You're good mm-hmm. enough. That is perfectly enough. And you don't have to explain yourself or validate. You don't need validation. Like you are enough. And yeah. So, so letting go of those expectations, I think is, is another, another big one. Um, because your reality even though if it's not exactly what you pictured it, I promise it's beautiful. I promise that there's other women who are begging and wishing that they had the experience that you had compared to what they went through. Or there's other mom, or there's other women that are just begging and wishing that they could be a mom. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, just that's uh, another thing that I would say. Um, what is another tip that I would say? Um Another tip that I would say is that it's okay to take time for yourself. Um, As soon as you are, you've, you become a mother the moment you find out you're pregnant and you feel like you need to do all of these things for your baby. And, and as soon as you meet that baby, that just exacerbates, like I need to make sure that I'm doing all this stuff for my baby. And, and that's wonderful. Like you're, you're amazing. You're such a great mom. 
but you also have to take the time to take care of yourself. And I have that problem too. I have a really hard Mm -hmm. time of like, okay, you know what? I haven't been eating the best foods because I've been rushing. I have these deadlines. I need to make sure that my kid's Halloween costume's ready. I have the the food ready for his party. I have this and that. I'm just thinking about all the things that my kids need, which is fine and great. Mm -hmm. But I also need to take the time and be like, you know what, Nina? You need to go just for a run. You You need to sweat today. You need to like get that blood pumping. You need to drink more water. You need to eat something better. Like making the time, taking the time and scheduling in you time, like being intentional about it. Make the time and put it in your schedule. Put it on your your iCal, put it in your planner. Say like, this is the time where I am doing something for myself. Whether that's even just like drinking a cup of hot coffee, not cold coffee, hot (laughs) coffee and telling your partner, like, I need this for, for me. I need this for my mental health. I need this for my physical health. I need this for me. And if you want us to have a healthy family, it starts from us. It starts from the parents. And so making that time and being intentional about it, because talking about it and talking about it, it's just not going to do it. You need to put action to it. And so some, I, I've noticed that my clients um, who are better at that, they, they schedule it in their schedule. They, they say, yeah. I, it's like an appointment. I don't miss my appointments and this is an appointment for me. Yeah. So nope. That's a, that's a great piece of advice. Those are, those are, I think, my top three things that I would say to expecting a new mom. Okay, these last three questions are questions that I ask every guest, um, and they are just quick ones about you. So what book or podcast are you listening to right now? Oh, my God. I'm awful. I'm <laughs> awful. <laughs> okay. Um, so the last book that I was reading um, was uh, uh, Renee Brown. I Oh, love, Brown. love, 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 love yes. her. She's uh, wonderful. What is it? Into the Wilderness or – no, what is it? Yes. Uh, uh, no, it uh, – discover- oh, my God. I, I know. I, I, I've read so many I of read. her books, but that was the last yeah. one that I read. Am I reading one now? Okay. No, I'm not. And recently I'm now <laughs> listening to your podcast now that we've been talking. I was like, oh, I need oh, to check her out. So Juna <laughs> Moms, I'm now listening to y'all. Thank you. Um, so those are the two things. But yeah, I'm not reading a new book right now, unfortunately. I really need to get on that. It's really hard to find time. That's why I, it's funny. I actually, when I ask the question, I, I always say, what book or podcast are you listening to right now? Because I assume that any mom I'm talking to doesn't have time to read a yeah, book. Like yeah. you're, li- you're listening know. to them. It's an audible. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Brene Brown is totally my go-to. So Brene, yeah, love her. And she's in Houston. I'm in Houston. So I, oh, just, I didn't realize she was Houston yes, too. She's Houston. Okay. I love her. She, I mean, everything that she does is magic. So yeah, I highly recommend yes. her to anyone who's looking for a good, good book. Yes. Um, agree with that one. Now, what has been the hardest or most unexpected part of motherhood for you? I would have to say when people ask me like, is motherhood everything that you thought it would be? I would be like, yes, I knew it was hard. I've seen women go through this. I knew that it was going to be tough. I knew that it was going to be exhausting, but wonderful and amazing and all of those kind of things. The thing that was Mm -hmm. the hardest adjustment for me is working with moms. Even if I did an 8 PM to 8 AM shift, I would then Mm -hmm. go home and have quiet and take a nap and, you know, have my time. Like I could clock out. 
the biggest adjustment is never, ever being able to clock out ever. (laughs) (laughs) Because, you know, (laughs) even though I knew it was going to be hard, just never getting that time to really check out, even if I like, yeah, don't get me wrong. Like I would say, hey, I'm going to the movies with my girlfriends. It's just two hours. It's not like, hey, I'm going to do a staycation for, you know, when it's a new baby, you can't do that. You just can't leave for a couple of days or whatever, take time off. It just isn't, I'm the food source. It's not possible. (laughs) Um, So, so yeah, that was, I think the biggest adjustment for me is I knew that it was going to be tough and, and all of this stuff, it really didn't surprise me. But the biggest adjustment is, oh my God, I, I can't catch up. I can't catch up on that mm-hmm. sleep. I can't catch up on these things because I was just so used to being able to, to clock out and yeah, not clocking out is tough. <laughs> That's a, it's an interesting, it's a, tr- an interesting transition. And I feel like I still haven't actually fully made it. And I have a, almost, I mean, my son's will be three and a half soon. But, so I've, I've, he's, he's older. I mean, not, I mean, definitely not older, but like yeah. I, I have been in this for a little bit, right. but I still will like, I'm like, if I'm like going out or doing something, I'm like, Oh God. Yeah. I get to like sleep in tomorrow. Like, my initial thought is like, Oh, you get to. And then I'm like, no, you don't. What are you talking about? <laughs> exactly. Or like, Oh, the kids are down for to sleep. Like now I'm going to watch a show. And then like, I forget that like, Oh, my daughter could just like all of a sudden scream out or my son like had a nightmare, you know, whatever it is. Totally. Like, like there, there is no like there is no off button Mm-mm. and like you and I still feel like my natural inclination is to think that I would have it, but I don't. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Yeah. So. There, I, I get those times too and I'm like, oh, <laughs> aren't you cute? Nope. You're a parent. Yep. That doesn't work anymore. <laughs> nope. Exactly. <laughs> my last question is what does your mom community look like? My mom community, I am really blessed. I have an amazing group of girlfriends who um, have babies and they're continuing to have babies. So um, it's, they are wonderful. I really consider them now sisters. Um, Mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm really, really lucky. A lot of people don't have those kind of friends um, that maybe have kids already and maybe maybe you're the first one in your group to have kids or maybe you had a friend who had a kid but then because you know your your life changes after you have a child maybe mm-hmm. you're not as close anymore a lot of moms struggle with finding that community which that's a huge part when I'm a postpartum yeah. doula I'm like all right we need to get you some mom friends you got to feel yeah. normal you have to know that your thoughts you're not crazy so we need to find a support group or some group of women that you can you can connect with but I was re- I am really fortunate that um a, a group of girlfriends that I was friends with before I was a mom um, started having babies and we've all just stayed really close. Um, and yeah, now there's like six or seven babies between all of us. So, so yeah, uh, being awesome. able to have that, uh, what is our, we even have like a group text and it's called like mom's rock or something or like, you know, <laughs> a group text. And we just are like saying, is this rash normal? Is this like, what did you do? What did yeah. your pediatrician say? It's just so nice to be able to text and ask questions and, and be there for one another. And, and yeah, and then do play dates and, and know, like, know when nap time is like, I can't do that. Cause that's, yeah. you know, it's just so, so exactly. nice. Um, so yeah, I was, I am really fortunate that I have uh, an amazing group of, of girls. There's probably about like six or seven of us that, um, yeah, get together like once a month. It's really awesome. 
That's so important. I'm going to add that to your one of your tips, which is basically find mom friends yes. going through it with you because oh, you have being to. in the trenches is something so important. Oh, yeah. You need to know that you're not alone. You're not the yes. only one that's up at two in the morning going through whatever. Like your child projectile vomited, so did mine. Like, you know, it's just yeah. we're all in this. Um, unfortunately, we're all in this alone, but to, but together. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. Well, on that note, I can't tell you how much I appreciate your time today. You, This was so informational. I feel like anyone listening is just going to get s- such a wealth of knowledge. No, so, so thank you for, for joining us today. Yeah, I knew it was my pleasure. Thank you so much, Sarah. I know that was like so many different things from pregnancy, birth, postpartum. It's such a huge span. Um, but yeah, I, I do hope that the information was condensed and helpful. <laughs> it was. Good. So thank you. Good. Okay, that's all for today. If you found this episode helpful, please, please, please share it with your mama friends and write a review. Also, be sure to subscribe to the Juno Women podcast on Apple, Stitcher, or wherever you're listening now. If you're pregnant or postpartum, you can download the Juno app for tailored follow-along workouts and nutrition advice just for this period of your life. The app is available in the iOS app store. If you're looking to connect with other Juno moms, check out the Juno moms Facebook group. Lastly, if you know someone who would think would be a fantastic guest on the show, please let us know on Twitter at Juna underscore app or email me directly at Sarah at Juna.co. See you next week.